0: You're listening to Podhaven.
1: Okay. Uh, <laughs> shall I do my one then?
2: Yeah, go ahead. Um,
0: you bet you do your one then.
1: I am the bee. was <laughs> it? Bee? I don't even know what that was. <laughs> okay.
0: Well, it was perfectly well, self-expansion at least to me. we
1: got um, a pre-music bit now. <laughs>
2: So I was watching this film called Northmen on Netflix last night, mm-hmm. and it's basically just a really shit knockoff of the Vikings TV series and Lord of the Rings, um, with some weird ripoff scenes from Harry Potter in there as well. It's a terribly wonderful movie, um, and one of the one of the one of the one of the king's sons um looks like what would happen if Vinny from Atlantis and Waluigi fucked a bit and made a baby. Just a bit. Yeah. And just a little bit. Not excessively. Bit. No, not excessively. It was definitely a one night stand.
0: Yeah. It's only a small baby. Just yeah. as much as was necessary to create like a normal sized person. Like I presume if they had like fucked a lot then the resulting child would have been like massive. Yeah, that's how that works. Because I think I mean, like, the the amount of fuck involved mm. in the conception like is directly directly correlates to the size of the offspring.
2: Yeah, biologists have actually discovered that um, that the duration of conception does yeah. directly tie into um expected height. So you don't yeah. want And to,
1: dermatologists like... hate them for it. It's true. Um, yeah. So you don't want to um, a
2: fuck, or you won't be able to house the mm. fucking thing. <laughs> but the um, the the main thing, the the main source of satisfaction I got from that film was um, every time this character showed up, um, I always screamed out, "Am I going to kill the Vikings?" Uh, because I just it made so much sense to me in my head. Well, that was Waluigi's catchphrase. Yeah.
1: I'm going to win. I've got to admit, I found it slightly out
0: of place. I mean, like, what Vikings? Um,
2: There were no Vikings as far as I could work out.
0: Only now does mm. it make sense. Mm. I'm glad someone finally explained it retroactively.
2: Yeah. Um, But yeah, so um, I highly recommend you all uh, watch Northmen if you like shit movies and want to see uh, a medieval England Waluigi fight um, a Christian monk that knows kung fu for some reason. Good. Well, why would they not? It's true. Um, also, usually... Johan Hegg, lead singer of Amon Amarth, is a character in the movie who dies in the first 20 minutes.
0: A character or one of the actors?
2: Um,
0: he's, <laughs> thinking, like, he's I, you make a good point.
2: Himself. You make a good point. He plays one of the Vikings. Um, He, he is an actor in the movie, uh, and he dies in the first 20 minutes because... It, it, I don't know. Um, they killed off the only person with a genuine Nordic accent, which I think is hilarious.
0: Well, he was showing off everyone in films else. films when that happens,
2: like there's that one about um,
1: Marie Antoinette, where everyone pretty much has like American accents and English accents, and then there's two actors who try and put on a bad French accent, and it's very odd. Yeah. They also, it's all, like, punk rock music in the background as well. It's a strange film. It's, like... Weird. It's just a regular costume drama otherwise.
2: Huh. It's a bit like, um... What was the film with, um... Wash was in it, uh, from Firefly. Um, and, um... The Joker. to Yeah. The Good Joker,
0: Heath Ledger. Yes, Heath Ledger. I think that was Knight's Tale, like the one
2: with all the anachronisms in it. A knight? Was it a Knight's Tale? Yeah, I, I remember watching that a lot. That was amazing. I loved that movie so much. It's so ridiculous.
1: Hmm. Okay, so usually um, we'll do the like silly non-secretary opening and then go straight into the thing, but I, I'm going to have to curtail that because I've just received a message from a friend that um, says, uh, I just saw a tweet that said, hell yes, I love Dick and Dom, and then I just realized, rest in peace, I never noticed till now how awful that title is. Dick and Dom in the Bungalow sounds just like a fanfic title. Holy shit.
0: Well, that's my childhood gone. I bet Dick was
2: putting his dick into Dom's Dom. It adds a whole new meaning to the, the pants dance. Please stop. Do you remember the pants dance?
1: I remember they were real into snot play. Yeah. Welcome to the Indie Haven Podcast, with me, your host, Elodie Cunningham, joined by my Those of you who are co- waiting for sub- the
0: creamy muck-muck joke, I am sorry to have disappointed you.
1: Sub-co... co-sub-minor... small baby hosts.
0: You see, this was an instance where evidently the parents didn't fuck enough, and so we're too small. Just tiny little babies. Tiny little baby boy I am. I mean,
2: that is how the biology works out.
0: It's how it works out, you know. It's no fault Mm -hmm. of my own, it's just circumstance.
2: Welcome to the first episode of Indy
1: Haven Babies with a Z at the end.
2: (laughs) Oh, because they're cool babies.
0: Yeah, because it's the 90s, you see. They never left. And we are the cool babies on our skateboards. (laughs) That... That's
2: cool, right? Mm. I think I'm pretty sure like as um, like us stabbing a diamond salesman, and that's what baby boomers think millennials are probably what what i like if you take a baby and that baby can ride a skateboard, but that baby is also stabbing a diamond salesman, that's pretty much what baby boomers think millennials are. Why aren't you buying the diamonds? Why are millennials killing the diamond industry? I can't. I Why can't believe millennials have finally killed diamonds? participation
1: trophies. <laughs> what? Millennials finally killed participation trophies by bringing down the Confederate statues. Oh.
0: Uh... I literally only heard Confederate statues, so I can assume <laughs> it was a fantastic work of satire. I'm Josh Rivers, by the way. I don't know if we're still
1: Oh yeah, doing, we still need to do that. Introduction. Oh yeah, yeah, you still haven't <laughs> said your names yet. Um. Fuck, this was... Well, I think my internet cut out a few times during that, so I have only a grasp of about... Thirty percent of the conversation that just happened in between the introduction and now.
2: George, introduce yourself. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am. <laughs> I am George Johnson. That's me. Right, well, we been... AKA, also known as in, in
1: some circles, Snodge Nansen. It's true. When was this
2: established? Um, it was established, uh, when they on my backstory, like, the, um, the, the narrative designers, they thought that would be an excellent, like, addition to, like, flesh me out as a character, because, you know, like, the audience was starting to get pretty fucking sick of me talking about nothing but video games and communism. So they changed your name to they... Snorch Snonson. Well, yeah, there's, like, reasons behind it, but you'll find out in a later episode. Is the name George, like, inherently intrinsically connected to video games and communism? Uh, no. No, it doesn't have anything to do with the audience getting sick sick of, of the, the only two things i ever talk about. Um, it's, um... It just happened to be an unrelated decision. They just wanted to add something else, you know? Okay. A new look of a paint, third as it element. were. Third yeah, element. there's a plot. There's, pl- there's going to be a flashback plot later down the line that'll explain it.
0: Okay, well, I look forward to that. Uh... I look forward to that a lot. Do we want to talk about video games, perhaps?
2: Oh shit! Yeah, that's what this podcast is about, I suppose. Yeah, supposedly. Mm. Nominally. Yeah. Right. Um, what have we got on the docket?
0: Um, Hellblade. There's, there's a docket this time. Hellblade.
1: Hellblade. I wrote the docket, so nothing is quite correct.
0: Nothing. Nothing. It, it's all slightly wrong. Just imperceptible. It's like Twin
1: Peaks.
2: Yeah, it's yeah. just ever so slightly I'm literally,
1: uncanny. I'm literally David Lynch in in a ghost costume.
2: Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is like the state he was in half the time he directed Firewalk with me.
0: Well, would you not be in a ghost costume if you were directing Firewalk with me?
2: I mean, you make a very good point.
0: Yes, I do. So, <laughs> I hope they'd send you a sacrifice. Uh Hmm.
1: <clears throat> One out of ten for five minutes, of obligatory Jim Sterling Mansion Oh, come on! Come oh. on! I mean, he he was fair enough in what he was saying, but I just I just remember that being a thing that I woke
0: up to was the aftermath of that because it happened while I was asleep. Hmm. Yeah, I think I found out about it much oh. the same way. Like it had already pretty much happened by the time I found
2: out, but I. Like, Right. Absolute think... props to him for going, Oh shit, maybe that yeah, was a I mean, bad he cor- idea. He, co- yeah. he corrected it. Right, well, he called up Metacritic at four in the morning. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Which um does raise uh, a wonderful little point about Metacritic and how cool they are because they did they wanted to ensure that um Jim wasn't being pressured yeah, it was by kind any of outside. Sources. To hear, actually. Yeah, it was really, really it's a really um it was a really uplifting thing to hear.
0: Hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, after as all, they are just I... an aggregate site. They don't really have like any stated intention, like any mm. stated secret agenda.
1: Yeah, as much as aggregate sites do cause some problems, I, I respect them on that.
0: Mm. I think it's more the people. The well, yeah, people more that people putting too much sites. <laughs> yeah. They...
1: Mm. I love Bethesda's video games. I love to go around and stab the troll with my gun.
0: I uh, like the bit. Yeah. I also like the bit. That that is the thing we have in common. I my like favorite sometimes. My favorite Bethesda
2: game is the one that they didn't make because Obsidian made it.
1: Uh, my favourite bit in a Bethesda game is when sometimes you start up Skyrim and the horses don't work proper at the beginning, and so you're stuck in an endless loop of the horses just trying to get over mountains.
2: Okay, let's move on. Let's move on.
0: So, Uh, yeah, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. Um, Have either of you actually had a chance to play that yet? Because I haven't.
2: I very unfortunately haven't had the chance to play it, but I have, um extensively uh, looked into a lot of other people's coverage around mm. the game, and I'm it, just very happy that it exists.
1: I like the aesthetic a lot. I like the monsters in it. I've not played the game because I haven't had money, nor access to money, for the last week. That's a fair enough reason. But, um, yeah, it looks mm. it looks interesting, and I... And I like its design aesthetic, as much as it looked like there wasn't much enemy variety.
0: From what mm. I saw of it. Mm. Yeah, it's a game they that I'm, do- ver- I'm very interested in playing, but like more interesting, I think, is kind of the philosophy behind how it's come about. And I will try and be as coherent as possible. I'm suddenly, I do apologise for this, I'm suddenly sort of possessed of the vague sense that I'm... Like I feel like I'm not quite here, which is a weird sensation. But I will try and maintain coherence, nonetheless. But oh, you know, okay. if I do ramble, I we, apologize to the listeners. That's okay.
2: We 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 can stop if you need to at any point.
0: No, it should it should be fine. But okay. so um,
2: yeah, so Ninja Theory
0: uh, pitched this as a sort of uh, what was that for an indie triple A mm. venture, which like first of all, I don't think. Like that name's gonna have any staying power?
1: I mean, it, it both is a mouthful and does kind of come. It, it's cumbersome
2: as... and just kind of sounds a bit daft. But a term, it it sounds I've... a bit
1: oxymoronic
2: as yeah. well. Yeah, it's a, a mid-tier term game. A term I've heard being used is a double A game, which I think is really cute. <laughs> that is kind of cute, actually. Yeah, but yeah,
0: it's it, it's effectively what has been called a mid-tier game. Mm. Like sort of when people think back on sort of the PS2 era where there were like tons of these weird things about that weren't quite indie because like the indie scene as we know it didn't really exist at that point like it wasn't until a lot later that that kind of got opened up but sort of like the mid-tier game and I'm kind of really excited about the prospect of that coming back like not least because I kind of grew up during the uh PS two generation like that was kind of how mm. I experienced gaming so like there's you know, a bit of nostalgia there I can't deny but absolutely also like mm. I can kind of see it being my niche in a way because yeah. mm. uh, there's a lot of indie games that are very nostalgia driven like that's not really a big secret I don't think it's a like a controversial thing to say at this point.
2: Mm.
0: And you know, I came like I was sort of gravitated towards indie games because I was just sort of impressed by the variety that I was seeing at the time. You know, AAA wasn't doing much that kind of impressed me personally. You know, it was all, they were just they were just kind of obsessed with like creating like remaking what was popular last year. Essentially mm uh mm. but like we had indie games like they actually stood out from one another in a way that the like, kind of like the umpteen billion fucking military shooters and assassin creed assassin's creed style open world collectathon things didn't really you know they was just that was just all the kind of this homo- homogeneous gray blob and like yeah. indie games you had things like you had Journey, you've, and you've got Thumper, and you've got like Pyre now, and you had like like Fury. Even I'd count like for as much shit as I give that game, it stood out. You know, for mm. as you know, for as kind of iffy I am about the Witness, it stands out absolutely. So, yeah, that's basically how I ended up gravitating towards Indie Haven and, and like the whole indie gaming scene was just because I was impressed by that variety. And then I got access to the press emails.
2: (sighs) And if I see the words 2D side scrolling platformer one
0: fucking time like I'm not sure I'll be able to guarantee the safety of whoever's within arm's reach at that point.
2: But (laughs) I don't blame you.
0: You know, it's
2: Like not every
0: thought can be original, I and I get that. But it's just kind of like it was just kind of disheartening to see like how much the two sectors of the market really had in common. Yeah, I guess like whereas AAA like just wanted to recreate the hits of last year, it seems like a lot of the indie market was just content to recreate the hits of thirty years ago. And like in a way, that kind of annoyed me more because like that meant there was a significant section of that market that like specifically wasn't for me. And, like, you know, not every game is for everyone, and I get that, and it's fine, and, you know, if other people enjoy that and there's, like, a genuine market for it, more power to you. But it felt a bit daft to be writing about these games when, like, they are very specifically for, like, other people who were alive during a time that I wasn't. And, like, I remembers understand. these I, things I that, realistically, that, yeah. I would have, like, very little reason to have played outside of maybe historical interest. mm But, like, I feel like with the mid-tier coming back, that concern will kind of be a thing of the past to some extent, because you'll have these,
2: like... You'll have these really experienced, traditionally... You'll have these bigger
0: teams who have been working, like, according to more modern sensibilities, who at the same time... Kind of are free from that publisher-driven, and it is usually the publishers like driving this idea that everything has to like tick a certain set of boxes. Yeah, I
1: I think it's kind of it feels like a step in between um, the whole thing with um, like ukulele and stuff, where it's um, it's uh, seasoned developers doing. Completely indie games. Yeah. And, um, mm. AAA games. It's a step in between those two things rather than it being mm. in between indie and.
2: Well,
0: I mean, like, because that's that's entirely the thing, like, because this is kind of not a new thing to a certain extent. Like, as you say, there's uh, the case of ukulele, but also, like, the one I think of is, uh, Koji Igarashi going off to make Bloodstained.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: <clears throat> which I actually, like, through a not inconsiderable amount of money, at
2: I should imagine less.
0: If I'm totally like, it might seem a bit confusing, like given like it is entirely nostalgia-driven for like Symphony of the Night, and like I just spent however long, like rag- about... ragging on that idea. Yeah. But if I'm totally honest, it was less about the game and more of a fuck Konami move. Oh, which is. A,
2: a very respectable move.
0: It's a, it's a respectable position, and also I think, like, to some extent sim- uh, I nearly called it Symphony of the Night, uh, Bloodstained is sort of going to be my litmus test for like whether or not I can kind of let the whole nostalgia market thing stop bothering me, because like, if that mm. turns out to be, like, good and I can still enjoy that maybe it won't be such a bad thing, because, you know, this is, like, not just, like, someone who played uh, Castlevania and, and, like, wanted to recreate it. This is the the person who made Castlevania, and I would like to think, like, would want to surpass it rather than just sort of pay homage.
2: Yeah. So,
0: like, if that ends up being good, like, I can... I'm imagining it's a it's a grievance. I'll probably just forget. But ah, uh, what was my point? Sorry, sorry, um, my brain's doing that thing again. Um, um, I but I yeah, think uh, continue. Just
1: talking yeah, about sorry. how um mid mid yeah, games no, might
0: provide a niche. Like the whole fuck an army the element of it, because that's that's an actually another element of this that I wanted to talk about. Because. Hmm. Like, more than the game being made, I really just wanted. I liked the idea of it being financially viable for creative people to leave a shitty publisher like Konami. Mm. Yeah. Because that kind of sets precedent for the publisher sort of not really being necessary. And if the publishers. Nope.
1: I'm going to edit this out, but my um, my blind has decided to be blind by the wind, and it's making a bunch of noise, so I'm going to go sort that out. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: okay, sorted. Sorry about
1: that.
0: Okay. It kind of sets the precedent for... Publishers not being as necessary as they maybe liked to think they were, and that's that I think more than anything else is why what Ninja Theory is proposing excites me and why mm. I want to see maybe more of these like more seasoned developers working in the AAA space sort of break off and adopt that model because
2: it would like, be an absolute it, excuse it, the pun game changer for the industry yeah exactly, <laughs> because once it it sends
0: out a very clear message that, hey, we don't really need you big mm. publishers in order to get this stuff out there. It will still find the market and probably like make as much money for us because we do things like budgeting mm. Mm. Do, 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 do you remember, Do you remember that budgeting? There's a novel concept. Hmm.
2: Hmm. Yeah. I I, I definitely like, agree. It's it's like then, um. Oh, fuck you. We're not going to. We're not. We're not going to suffer under like the 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 last month crunch of games development. Yeah. We're not gonna put up with these really shit conditions. Uh. In and we're not. The, in, we're
0: not going to throw an exorbitant amount of money at an unnecessary level of marketing. Like, we, mm. like, they can just market it as much as they need to
2: so it can make the money that it's realistically going to make. They can put things in their games that are actually fucking interesting, which get people to talk about them without having to pay millions of dollars into advertising.
0: Yeah, we can not throw ridiculous amounts of money at creating a new engine for every fucking game, we release Square Enix.
2: <laughs>
0: you know, so, like once it it sends out a clear message that developers can release these games themselves as a way to circumvent all of the bullshit
2: absolutely which like, kind mm.
0: of incentivizes publishers to cut out the bullshit i mean if we yeah. if we assume that they are at least capable of learning that lesson otherwise they're probably I mean, I'm reticent to say that anything's going to die out because you know people love to make that claim, and rarely does anything mm. like. But you know, like whenever whenever something that big does die out, it happens slowly, and like, I can't imagine a lot of these publishers going away completely. I can mm. absolutely see some of them becoming practically vestigial. Yes. Mm. And. That's really what I'm look, hoping for from this. If enough people adopt this model, that is, it is going to be very interesting to see how that affects things Absolutely, long-term. And because... I think it's going to solve a lot of issues that a lot of us kind of assumed were pretty much here to
2: stay. Hmm. And I think, like, on top of all of that, um, a game like Hellblade would not, Ha- wouldn't wouldn't exist if it weren't for Ninja Theory adopting this business model. A game like Hellblade would not have existed. That's because I think if that's they a work fair with... enough
0: thing to say from what I've heard about the game. As I say, I've not seen
2: it my, for myself. So, um, I I I guess an uh, incredibly minor spoiler warning, but it is the the primary talking point of a lot of uh, outlets online. Um, <laughs> for those of you that aren't aware. Um, the, um, um Senua, the main character in Hellblade, um, suffers from psychosis. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, Team Ninja worked with, um, I cannot remember the name of the doctor, um, and the name of the university he works for, but a, um, a very seasoned expert in psychology and, um, worked with, um, people who suffered, who, who themselves, um, have psychosis, um, and um worked with all of these people to to make sure that their depiction of uh Senua's psychosis is um as accurate and as faithful as possible um and it's um it it's basically the primary driving force of the game because um throughout it all you don't know what whether um what Senua ex- is experiencing is real or um or part of the psychosis <laughs> um and there are elements like um uh, Senua hears voices um bina- uh binaurally. so they um they speak to her from various different directions in whispers um and the voices will often contradict each other um or encourage her or um or dissuade her or uh, belittle her, which is um really, really accurate to the experiences of people who suffer from psychosis. Um, And I honestly don't think um, that the way Team Ninja put that in Hellblade could have been the way that it was if it were a AAA or an indie game. If it were an indie game, they likely wouldn't have had the funding to do that research and to um, make that experience as, like, realistic and immersive as it was. Yeah, there'd certainly be limitations to the implementation. Absolutely, and if they were working with a publisher, then it would likely be considered not unmarketable. Well, at best, it would be reduced to a gimmick. At best, it would be reduced Hmm. to a a Hollywood schizophrenia stereotype. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is kind of like being paranoid schizophrenic myself. It's kind of like... I mean I can't help but just roll my eyes at this point. Like it was yeah. it was cute
2: for a time, but like we're not yeah. all Batman villains. I guess is my point. Absolutely. And I I feel like that that's another one of the reasons why I'm so especially excited about the idea of a mid-tier group of games coming back like this is because if any game is going to do really well at um empathy and the conveying of difficult subject matter effectively and accurately, um, it's going to be the mid-tier game with a good budget, experienced people, and no restriction from um, hmm. publisher.
0: Because, as you say, they've got the budget to do the research and whatnot, yeah. and to like put into kind of like refining and like giving as accurate a representation as possible, like with much more resources than they would have otherwise. And while still
2: retaining the kind of human element behind the development because it's not run by, like... Without um, having to put, like, fucking radio like, towers in it or something. Yeah, like the cut-and-paste mechanism of AAA publishing. Mm.
0: Mm. Um. So, yeah, super excited for that. Can't oh, be yeah, a- um... Really I
2: do, I, um a word of warning to any listeners who haven't played the game and are planning to play it um, lots of people online have been talking about how um, the depiction of psychosis in the game is really really accurate and has made a lot of people feel really really uncomfortable playing the game um, because it is a very very, immers- a very immersive experience um, and I, I suppose a word of warning for that before you go into it um, just so you know that it's it's going to be a difficult experience um, if, if you mm-hmm. if you're unaware of what living with psychosis is like. Also, and th- this is a
1: much less like Im- important thing, I guess. But um, I think people should be aware that there are some game-breaking bugs being reported, including the one that Jim Sterling found. That as well. So, <laughs> Uh, I think people should be aware of that before they buy the product.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point as well. So uh, keep both of those things in mind if you, listener, are thinking about playing this game and haven't yet. Um, Like all of us who are talking about it on a podcast right very now. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah. Um, Other than that, um, from all the counts, I can without even playing it, highly recommend the game as an experience.
0: Absolutely. And, like, personally, I'm just fascinated by the whole process behind it, but, like, I'm at this point, I'm basically just repeating myself. Like, it's just very encouraging to see. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, on the
1: docket, I meant to move on to something, but I just remembered one other thing that I wanted to mention this time round. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. If it's all right. Um... Steam Direct seems to have made Steam worse. Oh And it begins. Yeah. Steam well, I don't know how much of this is Steam Direct and how much of it is um Greenlight runoff because of the baffling mm-hmm. way they dealt with the end of Greenlight. Mm-hmm. But from all accounts and from my own experience, it's just more of a hellscape than ever. Like, it's just completely swamped in complete nonsense now. The, the storefront, I mean. There's just... It's just asset flips and generic zombie games all the way down. Oh, gee... And a lot of games about trying to get loads of ach- Steam achievements, which literally affects nothing because they are completely confined to that one oh, game. Oh, sweet Christ! Uh,
2: I, I've oh, my dogs. I'm sorry. That's <laughs> alright. Like, isn't isn't there um, five star, one hundred top rated or something?
1: Uh, that was um, that's on PSN, which is... oh sorry, they're so indecisive. The should these days. days. We've not actually talked about that, so we might as well. Have a quick chat about that in a minute. I mean, this helicopter's we? going past, and it's really fucking annoying because <laughs> it is both very loud and has set my dogs off.
0: Everything <laughs> is conspiring against us.
1: Yeah. Don't even know why we get so many helicopters here. I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere. Hmm. It's, it's still going.
0: Maybe we are the real military. I'm not even sure that had anything to do with what you were saying. Oh.
1: I don't even know anymore. I'm just I've completely been thrown off by the helicopter. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, steam direct. Yeah, or steam in general.
0: Yeah. Um There's suffice a to lo- say I'm not entirely surprised.
1: There's a bunch of games that are just really really um lazy uh Poor um, platformers and things, and mm-hmm. and all of them in that series are called um, Achievement Hunter. And uh, the point yeah. is that they, it doesn't matter what the the game is; the the game is extraneous to the fact that you just get a constant stream of achievements popping up. Mm. Uh, and there was also one that um, Jim Sterling made a video on.
0: Really piling um, on the obligatory Jim Sterling mentions. I think we've cut into, yeah. like... Like, we are now out of them until, like, episode 16. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> um,
1: but yeah, he played a, um, game which was both very much artistically ripping off My Little Pony. Um... And including having lines like friendship is magic and stuff in it where you're looking after a baby pony in a Mm. nappy and it's all very fetishistic and gross. Is it called
0: Our Small Horse?
1: I've forgotten what it's called, but that would be great.
0: Um, That's how we'll refer to it.
1: But uh, on that, that's another one with a constant stream of achievements while you're trying to keep this uh, small horse happy. Um, And every single one of them has just a picture of what looks like a randomly generated My Little Pony. Um, Mm -hmm. And the achievement is called Pony. And throughout the over half an hour that Jim played the game, these achievements did not stop happening. So this is a new thing that games are selling themselves on in Steam is just this game has loads of achievements, but that means absolutely nothing. I I don't know how that's a selling point. Like, if it was on, like, Xbox Live or something, I could see how they could, like, um, at least rationalise it by saying that it gets up your gamer score, Mm. but there's no um, equivalent on Steam. There isn't the the achievements are completely um arbitrary arbitrary and confined to their own game.
2: it's ridiculous,
1: yeah uh and yeah, speaking of um the p s n thing um that game you mentioned did sell itself on the fact that you could get a platinum trophy easily. Mm in just a few minutes, and then they... Sony forced them to change that, but did not force them to take this lazy game that the entire point of it is to get a trophy down. They just made them change the advertising, so that's good. Sony, well done. I am convinced
0: that that game is some kind of satire. I mean... I mean, like just weird like... effort put into places outside of the game itself. Like, just...
2: Yeah.
0: Like if there weren't some kind of like if this wasn't at least some kind of joke, if they weren't making some kind of po- like especially the announcement they made when like Sony forced them to change the name. Like mm. them putting forward that whole list of like SEO buzz term names as as an we'll alternative. See
2: i I honestly think that the I honestly think the, the person is genuine because they're using it to they're using it to sell PlayStation 4 themes hmm. like uh the in the game there is um they advertise in the game going to the the developers' facebook page um, mm-hmm. to find out how to get the trophy in twenty minutes rather than an hour and the facebook page is filled with um, adverts for their custom PlayStation 4 themes.
1: Well, that's been the case with a couple of these new huh. complete mm. messes of games, is that they have been there to advertise themes. Yep. Like, there was that one that was just like a generic brick-break game with some pictures of anime teddy in the background, and all of the anime teddy was also themes and they advertised it as yep. such.
0: You see, that bit of it, I will admit, I did not know. Because, but because everything apart from that just made it sound... Like, just you know the, not... the wording around it, like, in various things they had said about the game, was, like, how... Like, I could... It's how I would phrase it if I was, like, making a joke. I think it's just, um... Like it, it was just, like, too perfectly framed as like a, a fun comedy joke for me to think that it was genuine, but given this I think it's anti pose sure. law.
1: I think this is a case of anti pose law where it's um ridiculous in its genuine cynicism to the point where it seems like parody. Yeah. Mm. That's that's kinda of where I'm sitting with it at the moment. But yeah. the, the whole the whole situation with both of those storefronts is getting ridiculous.
0: I mean, I guess after seeing what I've seen with Steam, like for all these years, I shouldn't really be so reluctant. To, like, I feel like I'm still kind of underestimating what people will do, not as a joke. Yeah. Like for some for some reason, like this just felt like it had to be some kind of like because I'm, just... I'm I maintain like from a from a comedic standpoint, the framing was pretty much perfect. So like mm. it's it was weird for me to think that they would just stumble into that by accident.
1: I just um, it's funny how it's kind of reversed from back when I first started playing a lot of games beyond just um whatever PS two random thing my dad brought home from mm-hmm. bargain bins. Uh which was during the period where Xbox three sixty and PS three were out, we just had a PS two and played whatever. Yeah. Uh just after that, as soon as I'd like got an an Xbox three sixty for the first time. Um and started like looking into gaming culture of the time. Um, the whole pervading thing was that Steam and the PlayStation store were great, but Xbox Live was filled with trash because of the whole um, Xbox Live arcade thing where anyone could put up whatever awful thing they wanted. Mm. Uh, and it seems to have some somewhat reversed at this point. Mm. Interestingly enough.
0: And I would prefer that not be the case. Well, I suppose um, it's entirely possible that it's because Xbox has kind of had their moment to deal with this issue.
2: Although, I have examples yeah. on
0: Xbox Live as well? And not to the degree. Yeah, not to not the degree to... I didn't think, but I think there were some at least. So like, I just feel like it's worth mentioning.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I also kind of feel like, um,. Um it feels like the age of shovelware has moved from Nintendo consoles to hmm steam now mm. as well because it used to be that ninety nine percent of um the Wii and the ds's libraries were just shovelware and I Think that, I think it's just because it's cheaper to produce mm-hmm. stuff for PC, and the fact that Steam doesn't care what goes on it at this point just means that Steam is where every, like, piece of um, infamous runoff from all of the other services has sort of ended up, so it's kind of baffling how Sony's kind of picked it up again after all that.
2: Yeah, it's really strange.
0: Hmm. I mean, they've been completely silent on it as well, haven't they? Pretty <laughs> much Eventually, beyond. Yeah. Like, like, not not just not addressed it, like, gone out of their way not to address it, hmm. almost. Beyond the fact that they have been
1: putting trailers up on their official
0: channel, which is just
2: odd. Like, Life of Black Tiger.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, everyone thought
2: that yeah, was... I remember that
0: being the big one at the time, like, that That was kind of the herald of it, almost.
1: Yes, yeah, people thought that was an April Fool's joke, didn't they?
2: They did, but it wasn't.
1: I think so. It yeah. was not an April Fool's joke because it turned out that that game was there, and it was the herald of the doom. Mhm. Uh, but yeah, that, that's that's kind of all I wanted to say about that. I know it wasn't on the docket or anything, but the only other thing I wanted yeah, it's to definitely worth bringing. The up. only other thing I wanted to say here was that Slime Rancher is now out fully, and also it's free on Xbox Live Gold at the moment. So If you are paying the exorbitant amount of money that that costs, you can play that video game for free.
0: There is a cat one in it.
1: Um, my.
0: It's great.
1: Do you know the one issue I have with um with the whole thing is though. The fact that with the Xbox One version of Games of Gold, unlike on Xbox 360, you don't keep the games when you're not currently on gold. Subscribe to it, yeah. Yeah. So you have to keep paying if you want to play your games.
0: Well, that's the same model that PS Plus ended up adopting, isn't it?
1: But it's just kind of upsetting, because it was something really cool, the way they did it on 360, and still do it on 360, uh, 360 actually, where you just had the game. Like, you are paying all of this money. Here's this game that's been cheap Mm. for a minute just yeah hmm. I suppose they're, they're giving away um games that are more currently expensive so it's somewhat more understandable but I'd still pre- occasionally yeah I would still prefer it if they had kept with that model because it was something I found really interesting that for them to actually do because it's not the sort of um it's not like a big company like Microsoft to not try and um Sort of milk ransom your free gifts that you've been given. Hmm. So I just find it a shame.
0: Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, they can get away with doing yeah. it. Yeah. Because, like, and I feel like it's. that attitude is somewhat self fulfilling because once like, if they figure they can get away with it, chances are, like, other services are just gonna go, well, hang on, if they're doing it, then, like, this is something that we can do as well. Yeah. Because rather, like, it's kind of this game theory thing, it was like, well, rather than trying to undercut them, this is basically just a, a way for us to get more money. Like, this is an opportunity to make this thing the standard that would ultimately get net us more profits. Yeah.
2: It's really fucking unfortunate.
0: I'd like to see that get to fuck. fine. I don't know that that's one of the issues that would be resolved by the, like the like the whole notion of mid tier coming back because that's not so much a publisher issue as it is a platform issue. But oh,
1: um, that's reminded me of something. Um, another issue that um the whole indie games and things like that becoming much more mainstream in the way they do everything, is um, somewhat changing <laughs> the landscape of the um, the whole subscription service thing that Xbox Live kind of kicked off, and mm. everyone else down to Nintendo has copied at this point, where you can't play games online unless you pay extra fees. Um, yeah. But I discovered... Uh, not because I played the game, but because my brother had it. That um, with Rocket League, you can play it on Xbox, yeah. Xbox One online without Xbox Live because they just do it on their own servers rather than making people. But it huh. would make them more money to put it onto the Xbox Live thing, but they um they don't have it on there, and you can just play online, and I think it might be the case with Minecraft as well, but I'm not as certain on that.
0: That's intriguing. I know
1: that um, my brother used to be able to play Minecraft with his friends online on Silver on 360, but Mm. it does seem like um, these popular indie games have been moving stuff over, because I think it also comes with the whole realm of... um, they're making it a lot more cross platform like you mm-hmm. can play minecraft across uh, platforms that are on the same generation now and rocket league i think is also cross platform on everything but sony cuz they just wouldn't let them hmm yeah it just it seems like it's a good step towards um slightly bringing down this whole system of making people pay extra money just
0: so that's interesting so wait i didn't didn't quite catch how this works so they just basically run on their own servers i think so because um like it's the fact that microsoft don't own the server that somehow like make that you have to pay to get online thing unenforceable yeah i think that is the case because um i didn't know that was how it worked I'm
1: not sure on the specifics I just, this is all again, I've not done much research on this Um, This Mm. is mostly just from uh, the evidence provided by the fact that my brother has been playing these games online without having Xbox Live Gold himself Um, Mm -hmm. But that would be my best guess is that The fact that they are running it all
0: on their own systems. I mean, if that is how it works, then that is kind of interesting. Because if like with the mid tier coming back, like which I believe was like why this got brought up, like if they they'd be more likely to have enough resources to like get their own servers and like run these Hmm. things themselves. I don't know. That they do it in a lot of cases. I don't know how they'd like justify the additional expense. I,
1: I think it's. But... I think it's only really like a big thing with um with those particular games, just because Rocket League and Minecraft are so big that um, mm. they can get away with it, and there is the pull of it being able to be cross-platform, and you just being able to go online without having to do all this extra stuff is
0: recompense enough for them not... for them having Mm -hmm. to pay
1: to host it themselves.
0: I don't know. So I guess it comes down to more of a question of demand. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think it's a stepping stone, and I'd like to see it go in a direction where um, online gaming is more democratised, I guess. I know it's a weird way
0: of putting Mm. it, but you go. I mean, yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. I mean, I had had a PS3. I like, I knew what that Mm. looked like for a while. Yeah. Like as many problems as the PS3 had, and there were a few. You know, that's that aspect of it is kind of something I miss to an extent
1: yeah so, sorry about that I ended up talking about loads of topics that I wasn't originally going to. that's okay
0: uh, it's um, well before we go on I mean it would certainly be odd for a like a podcast to apologize for having things to talk <laughs> about
1: before we go on to um the the the, the main important section the
0: moment of glory. Yeah.
1: I just want to uh, quickly talk about uh, some updates to some stuff we talked about a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Which is to say that um, the Sea of Greed official Reddit page has been actually very um, active and uh, consistently posting updates and stuff on the development team's progress. Um okay. So there's like I'm posting this. Uh what they are going for is a um a top down 16 bit style just because it's um mm. I know. But it it's actually yeah. it looks all right. I'm sending the the thing. But it doesn't it looks like it's got its own it doesn't look like it's just using um stock assets or anything. Everything does look very much its own style.
0: There's an art style behind it,
1: yeah and um okay,
0: let's take a look. I'll have a look at it i i to be
1: honest, the fact that this is just the thing where somebody's dream about a game is being turned into a game by some people on Reddit. It's it's still impressive, no matter what art sale they end up having to go with. Due to obviously there's going to be constraints involved in that, mm. because of where it it has come from. So, okay. At least it's, at least it's not a platformer. Is all I can say.
0: <laughs> yeah. And well, it does look alright. There's still a decent amount of detail in there. Yeah.
1: I, I like the coloring and stuff. I'll put a link to this in the the links of note on the thing, mm. so if people can, if people want to have a look.
0: Okay. But mm. uh, the because that's like really the big hang hang up point that I have about it is like if you're gonna use sort of like sixteen bit stuff, but like pixel art or what have you, like at least still try and like get the detail in, because there's a lot of games that just don't yeah. mm. like and. I like that. There's um, you know, the, sorry. Uh, I guess it's kind of. Oh, what was I going to say? It was about um, because I recently was just looking at a couple of gameplay videos of a Castlevania Symphony Symphony of the Night, funnily enough, and like just some some of uh Alucard's animations. Not all of them, mind, but like a few of them, like there was just. So fluid and clearly so much effort had been put into them and I remember just thinking right we've been, we've been able to make pixel sprites look this good since the 90s
2: yeah
0: and it just kind of like, I can understand why not everybody would necessarily have the resources to do that because, you know, despite how simple it looks in retrospect, it was still like a reasonably like a reasonable sized team for the day working on these things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah with a with a whole bunch more resources, but like I don't know. It was just like it's it was just another case of like me just thinking like we really should be aiming higher than this by now if we're gonna be doing the same Style.
1: Mm, well, yeah,
0: so, I'm st- yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I guess my point is that at least they put the detail in. Yeah, so that's it least, looks
1: detailed, and yeah. I like the fact that um, it's it's detailed down to the point that there's different types of um plants and stuff about, which isn't something you would expect from you hmm. ev- like, especially like early early pictures of their um their like initial stuff on the engine and such. And the fact that they're including uh, including this level of detail does does make me more hopeful than I would be. But yeah, I'm, of course I'll take it with a grain of salt because um, it, it's being developed by just people from Reddit. Yeah. But it, mm-hmm. I am interested, and this has not put me off, even if it wasn't what I initially expected.
0: Oh, I think it would be incredibly difficult to fully put me off Sea of Greed at this point. But <laughs> Oh by the way, um Yeah, you know, it, it's not it's not a, like the incredible amount of interest that I had for it previously. Yeah. Um Yeah you know, then maybe that's a bit kind of yeah you know, snobby for me to say but No,
1: I understand because there is a lot eh. of games that look similar. But I think it does have enough identity that I am willing to give it the benefit of the doubt for now. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, the the developer's actually got a name now. They're called Kudwellsoft. Oh. Yeah. Soft. Aww. You know? It's um really community driven and you can they've got like an application thing where you can apply to join them and stuff. That's uh, cool. Yeah. So it's looking interesting. I yeah. That's all I kind of, um... That's all my bits and news for the week. Cool.
0: Good time spiffly. Uh,
1: speaking of, um... I don't know. It's, it's Josh's Deep Thoughts now. Just I, speaking. Yeah, speaking. It's Josh's deep... Deep... John Cho's Deep throats, as I've got it written on the... John,
2: thoughts are deep, as I'm the podcasting. It just... Just now, it sounded like you were talking so did you didn't, you didn't uh, yeah, Not like I entered really the did. Dark Lodge. You,
0: you didn't do. You didn't do the intro jingle. It threw me off oh, a little okay. bit. I wasn't quite sure just how to react, so I just like. Those, just, deep there deep we deep go. Deep See, I'm, I feel more at home now. That sure is a like, jingle. Feel... <laughs> it is a jingle. I feel like. I feel like the deep thoughts have been properly invoked.
2: I think you I should feel like do pr-
0: protocol has been followed. I think
2: we should enter the Black Lodge, and you should do this entire segment speaking backwards. But then we'll reverse in edit so that it sounds like you're talking forwards, but weirdly. I think that would be impractical to implement. And Did you make
0: an interesting point.
1: <laughs> Very interesting. Probably the most interesting and point I'm a- we've brought up to on the make- podcast ever, actually. Yeah, I thought so. It
0: is, and I'm about to make further in- interesting points in Josh's deep thoughts. So, without further ado, the crows got out of the burlap sack. Has it? I don't re- maybe you'll remember, maybe you won't. Uh the the saga of Chad Mintz Who? No, it was Chad yeah. Winsy. Who's Chad Mintz
1: <laughs> I want to know about
0: Chad Mintz It's the the phantom mint (laughs) surname. Just... just What revisionist bullshit is this? I think someone's retconning my memories, but anyway, Chad Whimsy. Right, he's he's come for your supper, and he required a burlap sack Mm. uh, in order to do this, which you may recall had been previously full of crows. Yeah. Uh, the crows, of course, were transferred to another burlap sack that I happened to have. Yeah. Why he didn't take the empty <laughs> burlap sack instead of the one with crows in it, I don't know. But, you know, Chad Whimsy is as Chad Whimsy does, and Chad Whimsy does as he pleases. And therefore he is as he pleases. Mm. That's uh, equivalence. So, the other burlap sack, as it turns out, was not quite as good at keeping crows in, and that's the issue I find myself having. Maybe it
1: also just wasn't good enough at keeping dinner in, and that's why
0: he... Well, it may have just been a shit burlap sack, and it's entirely possible that Chad Wimsey saw this. The burlap sack might have had just questionable structural integrity. Yeah, and just decided to let me deal with the problem in spite of the necessity of keeping these crows contained because uh i don't know if you've seen any of the crows uh, about now that they're sort of loose mm. but uh, how many
1: were there because i have seen a general increase in in crow activity
0: i would say around two dozen
1: yeah i mean
0: like it was a reasonable sized burlap sack the th- Although they do have a tendency to inexplicably multiply, I have noticed, so it could be more Yeah,
1: well, now. considering I've gone from about um, three crows in a week that I, I'd notice, and there's probably more, but it's just where, when I'm actually paying attention and there's some crows about, uh, it's gone up to something yeah. more like 500 crows in my room at any one time.
0: In your room specific, mm. right, so they... They got into the house. Yeah, I
1: mean, there's not much keeping them outside at the moment. There's just too many of them outside of my house. and
0: That's uh, that's not ideal. I mean,
1: if I tried to keep them out by leaving the windows closed, I'd get too warm. So I thought the best thing would just be to let some crows into my house. And I thought maybe one or two would be fine. But then at least 500 are in here right now. And the only reason you can't hear them... 500. Yeah, the only reason you can't hear them is that they literally all died.
0: Well, I mean, I always knew the crows to be extraordinarily silent anyway. Sort of uncannily silent. They might just be not moving. Maybe they're just... 'Cause they I, I was thinking it because was... they are incredibly quiet by nature and incredibly still I was
1: just I was wondering why it was that they all seem to have died staring at me in exactly the places that they were.
0: But Yeah, whatever you do don't check. Like don't touch okay. them. Okay.
1: So
2: they could
0: I mean you probably noticed this already being in such close proximity to them, but they're true, uh... they have ears. They're wrong
2: Yeah
1: no the the other reason The crows are wrong Elodie. The crows are wrong and the other reason why I thought they might be dead is because my room now smells of death
0: That will happen the crows uh leave a stain on the world upon which they yes, tread Yes I mean a
2: spiritual stain
1: I have been seeing an increase in creeping Um, shadows as well.
0: And Yeah, just an unsettling presences. The feeling that things are sort of imperceptibly not as they were. Yeah, also... And sort of uncertainty on what that entails. For some
1: reason, part of my floor kind of rotted through, so I'm constantly at peril of falling onto the... Oh, the
0: crow rots a problem. Yeah, crow rot. The crow rot's a severe problem. Yeah, the, the problem
1: also is that uh. they're kind of rotting the road outside, so I can't really leave. What I'm saying mm. is that my entire village has been completely overrun by crows. and m-
0: You're effectively in Crow Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah. S- well, well, Silent the roads, all Hill. the roads out have just been eroded by crow rot. And just... Blighted on a fundamental and deeply unsettling and level. And everything
2: is also made of crows. Yeah, my it's odd. The, um, the
0: which in itself represents a problem because the crows themselves are the issue.
1: Yeah. Like I'm currently entirely like formed out of crows hanging on to each other. Like before we started talking about this, I was I was. Mostly myself. I had a couple of feathers, but at this point, I am literally just a sack of crows. I'm. Oh my god, Josh! You're gonna want to do something so what you're about saying, that. you Josh? The crows got back in the burlap sack. No, I'm about to say, I'm, I'm, I'm the burlap sack of crows now.
2: And on that revelation. <laughs> That was... I mean,
0: we are working on solving the issue. Uh, I've entreated Chad Whimsy to sort of help fix the mess that he effectively made. Uh, which is why we're launching uh, a new show, Chad Whimsy's Crow Time. Where he's basically going to kind of try and recall all the crows. Uh, he's adop- He's adopting the Dick Dastardly method.
1: Mm-hmm. Which...
0: Uh, el- elaborate contraptions fitted to biplanes.
2: Excellent.
1: I'm not uh, sure how he's we-
2: had mixed results. I was about to
1: say, I'm not sure how well that will help with my current situation of literally being a burlap sack of crows.
0: Well, on the plus side, I think it's gonna like I think the ratings are really gonna like be up on this one. I think there's gonna be a lot of demand for this new show. We're the only
1: on. other issue I see with that is the fact that most of the human race has been decimated at this point.
0: I think that particular plot detail might be unworkable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> on that <laughs> note... On that note... <laughs>
0: yeah, on that abrupt dropping of the entire
2: facade. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, personally, as much as I like the idea of having the show, I'm all in favour of just waiting ten seconds and seeing if we forget all about it. Mm. Oh hey, the crows are gone. Oh, no. There we uh, go. well Do you think that puts out the wrong message?
1: That we can just ignore our problems and they'll go away.
0: I feel like that put don't listeners, that the the crows don't leave.
1: The crows have just the, kind of this, settled in my heart now and I will be forever
0: tainted. This was this was this was a drill. Like this is this is a work elaborate work of fiction that I spent a whole minute preparing.
1: To, to
0: do not expect the crows to leave in real life. Yeah,
1: no, the crows won't leave in real
0: life. This was all Whether metaphorical or literal.
1: Yeah. If you don't want to become a burlap sack of crows
0: No one wants to become a burlap sack, especially of crows. Uh,
1: I'm actually... I don't think we have a countermeasure, so I'm sorry if this starts to happen. There is no escape. You are doomed. It's best to jump through the crow rot hole as soon as you can, because it'll take you to the other dimension. And it'll be better. I mean,
2: Chad Whimsy might come along with his biplane. Shall we talk about video games we want to suggest people? No, we don't
1: yet, because we're going to put in... A promo! Uh, last time, last time I said it's gonna be the promo, we do every time. And then, that that day, I got a thing from uh, our friends at the fan canon saying they'd done their promo, so that will probably be the one I put in here as well. So, yeah, enjoy that, it's very fun.
0: What is my purpose in all this? Oh, hi, didn't see you there. Oh, hi, I didn't see you there, Hawk. (laughs) Are you interested in in terrible internet fanfiction? By god darn I am, sir! Do you like
1: it when uh, the hosts of a show do not write anything down in preparation for a promo? It's my
0: favorite thing in the world next to fanfiction. Oh, hello, miss. I didn't see you there.
1: Oh, hello. I was
0: just listening in on your conversation about high-quality, free fanfiction. Welcome, both of you, to my laundromat. I see you are both here to do laundry and also talk about fanfiction. Is that Naruto over there? Having sex with Sonic the Hedgehog? Yes, while they wash their clothes. Sonic is washing his, his shoes, and Naruto is washing his headband in my laundromat that I own. And his shuriken. They've destroyed my freaking washing machine. But they're fing quite a bit. It's attracting a lot of customers, including you two. That makes me want to listen to the fan canon on Podhaven. Original promo, do not steal. Well, I'm gonna steal it anyways. I'm a criminal now too! Ha 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 ha!
1: And you listen to that, and Josh still doesn't know what his purpose in all this is. And I'm now going to insert that clip of Josh singing about, talking about video games that I definitely actually did um, extract from the file last time and save as a clip so that I could just easily put it into anything
0: that I wanted to. Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. That's great. Time video games. Uh.
1: Yeah, it just happened. So, and that's the magic of podcasts. Is that for, for the listeners, it literally happened. But to you guys, it only figuratively happened. Oh shit.
0: Yeah. We, we know it to be a lie, technically. Yeah.
1: Uh, speaking of lies, who wants to suggest a video game first?
2: I'll do it. Okay. So, alright, I'll just accept it <laughs> yes, and move on. Yes, you will. Uh, and I think you'll appreciate the video game that I'm about to suggest when you find out what it's about. So, last week, I played a video game called All Walls Must Fall. You can check out my preview on IndieHaven.com. Um, it is... Quite pertinent. It is a turn, an almost turn-based, um, isometric tactical RPG in a similar vein to um, uh, Shadowrun Returns and XCOM, where you are a giant burly time agent who goes on secret missions in the gay clubbing scene of East Germany where the Cold War never ended. Nice. Just gonna let that sink in for a moment because that is literally the best setup for a video game that I've ever heard. Um, and yeah, um, the uh the the setup is really fascinating. So it's 2089, uh, and the Cold War never ended. So the West and the Soviet, the the West and the Eastern Bloc are still uh, in a Cold War. Um, and the game begins with a nuke dropping in Germany um, that threatens the the well-being of the whole world. So this organisation, this time organisation, sends you as well as a few other um, time agents back in time with some time-travelling powers uh, to 10 hours before the bomb drops to try and figure out how to um, stop the series of events that leads to the bomb going off. Um, And it's really interesting because... um, Sequences almost play um, out of sync, um, but um, the way that the main character experiences those sequences is chronological in the same way that you are. So the first mission that you um, you go on, uh, you have to um, you have to assassinate a the owner of this of this of this gay club in East Germany, um, and you're told that um, the reasons for this will be explained later. Um, and that he has it coming. And then you play a few more missions and later on down the line you play another mission where you have to, uh, based on information that you get from the owner of a g- of, of, of a gay club in East Germany, um, go and collect some information or, or kill someone. And it turns out that information was false and it was a setup. Um, and then you as a character go well i best guess we better go deal with that guy and your um, mission coordinator will say no we already did that uh, a little while ago uh, that was that was the first thing we did um that's that's what you did that at the beginning there you go let's go let's move on to the next thing uh, it's really really it's a really interesting way of narrative unfolding mm-hmm. and the game itself is super awesome um and incredibly gay and very vibrant and neon Um, there's um, a really excellent time travel mechanic, and it's a blend between a real-time combat system and a turn-based combat system. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, it's absolutely fantastic, and I highly recommend uh, giving it a look. Um, It is um, out in early access at the moment, which is why what we have on the site is a preview, because it's not a full release yet. Um, But they have the entire third, first third of the game available um, but with the caveat, of it's not a finished game. So if you don't want, if you want to wait for it to be a complete product, then um, have a bit of a wait. But if you're interested in seeing where it is at the moment and you don't mind spending some money on it, go check it out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing I was I was about to ask whether it costs money
2: because yeah, it does. It costs money.
1: Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it sounds interesting. I mean. Mm. I like her strategy
2: game. Yeah. Um, the thing that I like most about it is um, whenever you um, have to go into a gay club, there are always, there's always a bouncer at the door. And you either have to um, convince the bouncer to let you in or kill the bouncer to get in. And the option that always seems to work best for me is that um, me, the big giant gay burly time agent man with a robot arm, um, flirts with the bouncer in order to woo my way into the nightclub, and I love that. That's a thing. Makes me very happy because it's you know that gay shit.
1: It's homosexual. Exactly. I whispered that into the microphone, so I don't know if it came across as. Very no, it loud. came off. It came it off was quite, quite loudly. loudly yeah. Okay. Uh, enjoy that list. Don't you worry it's about that. It's ASMR
0: for
1: mm. Uh... Oh, my God. The bloody helicopter's back. Wonderful. Still going. I'm not... I, I'm definitely... I'm definitely editing this out, because this is... This is... Oh, please do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so... Shall
0: I go, or do you want to go, Josh? Um, I should probably go next. Okay. Because it, it's kind of a odd situation, because I've pretty much only been playing Pyre, which we have technically already talked about. But not in the recommendation I section. Don't, I've not formally given yeah. a recommendation to, because I've now played it to completion. Okay, well, that's good enough reason uh, to
1: give it a recommendation in my book.
0: Yeah, I kind of because i've been playing it because i wanted to do a video on it um the more i'm thinking about it and the more work i'm doing on it i don't think it's going to be a review as such okay cuz like a review to me like like to me a review sort of talks about has to encompass every aspect of the game mm. regardless of whether or not you as the writer think that that aspect is particularly interesting to talk about mm. And there were some very specific aspects of it that kind of caught my attention and I wanted to talk about. So I kind of wanted to focus more on them. So it's not going to be a review per se. A long form feature video? Yeah, essentially. Just as a sort of more nuanced look at certain aspects of it. Which, like, I mean, even if it was a review, I don't think I was going to attach a score or anything Mm. to it. And like my standards for video games have become so, like, weird recently that I'm not entirely sure to what extent a review from me would even be useful. But I still think it's worth me doing. Because it is an interesting game, and that's really why I'm recommending it, is, like, it does interesting things. Like, the gameplay is more engaging than I kind of thought it would be at the outset, because it like I believe we've I've already talked about this. Like it felt kind of sluggish and I didn't really get it at first. It kind of took a while to grow on me. Mm. But once you start like really getting into it, there is like it's actually like really fun and really engaging and like it was actually a lot easier than I thought it would be to start thinking tactically about it. Awesome. Because there's there's a lot of games where I'm kind of like I see lots of, like, hidden complexities or, like, even overt complexities in something and I kind of get intimidated. I'm sort of like, this is kind of too much of an investment for me. But, no, this was actually, like... I want to say quite easy to get in- into, but, like, I still... it I still had that period where I was kind of, like, warming to it, so I'm not sure that that's the right way to put it's it. It's worth like, it. it. Yeah, it's rewarding enough that I think it's worth going into... And, you know, there's certain narrative things that it does that, again, like, it takes a while for it to, like, really go anywhere interesting, but I think it's definitely a narrative worth experiencing, ultimately, if only for the fact that it involves Sir Gilman and Sir Gilman is adorable. Is an adorable little one-eyed swimming serpent knight who is... Just love. He's the, he's the character who shouts a lot, but he's he's the zealous shouter character. But he's such a good version of the zealous shouting character that I just kind of, I I cannot help but enjoy him. Whenever he pops I up,
2: you've you've done even more to to sell me on the idea of the game. So congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's another game that I want to
1: play, but also money and the fact that I already have such a backlog at this
2: point. Mm. Hmm. Elodie, what game do you recommend to the wonderful Uh, audience? The game that I
1: recommend, and this is going to be the first one that I'm going to preface where this is a bit of a weird one, because usually I don't do that. Okay. Um... This is one that I personally have not played all that much of. I own it and I've played some, but mostly I've just, um, mostly I've watched it in Let's Plays and stuff just because it's really difficult and I haven't really had the time to invest in getting used to it. But what I have played has been (laughs) very good and what I have seen has been even better. And that's, um, Eldritch
2: which okay. is
1: a um a lovecraft mythology inspired um well yeah it's yeah, called rogue roguelike game um where you basically you have different levels that you have to climb down while avoiding uh various monsters and things some of which you can fight, and other others of which are just, like, abomination things that you just have to avoid because they're too incomprehensible for you to be able to fight. Um, and you have to try and explore, get enough, um, like, upgrades your health and stuff to get down to the bottom of each of three main, like, areas so that you can... Um, get artifacts to try and escape the um the library you're imprisoned in. So it's kind of a um it's kind of a roguelike with a narrative. Okay, cool. Uh, and the whole thing is that um you can the, the way the actual roguelike elements work, rather than you get inconsistent unlocks, is um that the money you collect inside the dungeons, I guess I'd call them. Uh, they're all based on kind of aesthetics and themes from different Lovecraft things, and there's a fourth there's a fourth extra dungeon that's based entirely on in the Mountains of Madness, and then a fifth one which is just a spooky Halloween silly one. Uh but the three main ones are actually kind of a um plot thing, and as you go through them you have to decide whether to keep the money that you collect so that you can get upgrades in your current game mm-hmm. or put the money into chests hidden around the world um, because then if you die the money you put in the chest can carry over to your next version of your character Okay. so it's kind of a balance oh. between um, the money you take out of your bank and the money you've Left in, so that's how the actual um, that's how the gameplay loop kind of works. Is that um, if you get clever about how you use it, you gradually build up money and can um, can buy more items in the dungeons. So rather than getting permanent unlocks, it's just more like um, enabling yourself to always be able to get the unlocks that you need for your particular playthrough.
2: Okay, cool.
0: That's an interesting take yeah. on it, actually. Yeah, it's... The idea of having to consciously bank the resources. Yeah, it's really,
2: really Yeah, that's really cool.
0: Yeah,
1: uh the, the main reasons that I haven't played it are that it's blimmin' hard and mm-hmm. also I am a spook baby and get too frightened. Like it somehow manages to be a really fucking scary game, despite the fact that it's almost Minecrafty in its blockiness. It's hmm. really, really creepy in the way it's executed, and you are constantly on edge because of the fact that it's um, fairly easy to die in some of the areas, and um, the way that the actual mechanics of all the monsters works, and the way the sound design Works with the almost cutesy style of the actual art design, just kind of contrasts in a way that really works in terms of frightening the fuck out of me. So yeah, I definitely recommend it because it's very, very unusual for a um for a game that looks like that to be able to keep me interested, let alone make me fucking terrified. <laughs>
2: Hmm.
1: and it's just, it's just generally a really interesting take on the concept so yeah that's my recommendation if you are better with horror games than me I definitely recommend it if you're not then I'd say just still try and check it out because yeah it's good
0: well okay, oh, cool. there you go Eldritch uh, yeah
1: so with that shall we sign off sure thing
0: Yep, that about brings us yeah, to the end. Um,
1: I think me and George have more stuff to plug this time than usual, so do you want to go first, Josh?
0: Alright, I will go first. You can find me on Twitter, at Jam talking about things that might be of interest to me, Like, hence why I would be talking about them. You can also find me on YouTube, uh, for The Abominable Showman, and... Obviously, you can find me on Indie Haven, where I write about video games as they pertain occasionally to the human mind, and also keep an eye out on Indie Haven's own YouTube channel for the previously mentioned uh, discussion of Pyre that I'm hoping to do, and many more in that format. Very much looking forward to Uh, Mm -hmm. that. I'm hopefully planning. I think I might. I can see myself doing something on the whole. Uh, Hellblade, like, mid-tier thing that we were talking about earlier, I can see myself, like, maybe producing a more sort of uh, coherent version of that, because, as always, I'm kind of, like...
2: That's okay.
0: ...thinking of ways that I can better explain it while not
2: having to do it on the fly as much. I look forward to that. Yeah, keep an eye out for that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Elodie, what thing did we do this week? We um, finally got
1: back to a our first podcast we started together uh, which is The Real Heroes which you've been hearing promos for every week on here um, <laughs> So you're
0: well prepared by yeah, now
1: Well, we've been, We started making it at the end of last year and we just kind of fell off of it and I don't know really what happened but it just happened uh, and we finally got back on schedule this week and we did an episode with Conrad Zimmerman from fish shop marketing and um, various Jim Sterling-related properties, and his own very good work online. God damn it! Now we're up to episode seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he is a very lovely boy, and I had a
2: lot of fun, and it's a very fun episode. Yeah, it was a, it was an absolutely fantastic episode. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. That's a cool dude.
1: So yeah, if uh, you check that out cuz I'm very happy with how that came out. And also we got our first fan art for it, so that was fun.
2: Yeah, it was really good. Oh, nice. Uh, um, yeah. I am one of one half of the of the consistent cast of that podcast. But if you want to see what else I do, then you can find me on Twitter at Jaffamoister. That's J-A-F-F-A-M-E-I-S-T-E-R. Um, you can find some of my freelance work on Waypoint uh dot device.com. Uh you can find me on my personal website, which is Jaffmeister.com, where I violently mash communism into video games and look about how it makes sense. Uh and I do the same thing on my YouTube channel, uh youtube.com forward slash Jaffmeister. Uh I'm also the editor in chief of Indie Haven. Wait and you will see um semi regular content from me up on that up on that uh up on that website on the internet. Um but other than that Yeah
1: Wow, that's cool! You're pretty cool out there. I love the there. internet. I love the internet that is my house.
0: No, mm. oh, yeah, I think the, that internet thing's really going to catch yeah. on.
1: It's my house, also. I live there. Um, Uh yeah, I I am on Twitter at chemiwords, c h e m y words um, and also on. Patreon at the same thing, KemiWords, patreon.com slash KemiWords, and would appreciate any contributions there. Um this week I finally put up my first edited piece of video content on my YouTube channel. Uh I am I'm very proud of it and I know I have a lot of things that I need to improve in in terms of editing and But it was a very delivery, good piece of content. Stuff, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, if if you if you go check that out, I'll hopefully have more up soon, and hopefully I can keep improving. And yeah, uh, obviously I write for Indie Haven sometimes. I do all um podcast editor. I do that, and that's me. I also do the music chemical Words dot com. I almost forgot that bit again. Yeah, that that's me.
2: I'm really bad at this. Honestly, I'm not much about <laughs> <yet. laughs> Any closement any closing statements, Josh? Any closements. Okay. Closements Josh's for Josh's
1: closements is what we're going to call this
0: section from now. Our... Get get ready get ready for the closement of a frigging lifetime you you chuff <laughs> wizards. Nice. Yeah, I told you. Uh, is that it? Fact. <laughs> no. <laughs> What a world it would be if that was it. How depressing would that fucking be? (laughs) Wow, really depressing as it turns out. Apparently, yeah. Closing statements. We have them sometimes. Uh, I mean, I feel like the closing piece of advice, if I could part with any message this episode, I feel it would have to be don't Wait for the crows to resolve themselves. I feel like that needs to be the message. I'm, you know, I'm sorry to harp on that. It is a very important message, though. But it it's a it's a poignant message in our troubled times. First, I
1: thought the message was the
0: crows don't I leave. It was just
1: going to be don't at first because you said don't, and then stop for a while, and I I liked that as well. I liked that as well because.
0: I mean, you could also you could also just yeah. not. Generally, uh, uh, but also specifically, if it's crows, don't crows. Don't crows. And if you, and if you do crows, don't expect it to just go away.
1: Yeah. Uh, always don't expect crows it to
2: crow away.
1: Always crows the window. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> Bye everyone. <laughs> this is our stupid podcast. Bye. Bye. Josh, you haven't said bye. We can't stop until you do. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <Hi>.
0: <laughs> <Okay>.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: what even is I'm this? I want to go have
2: a cigarette now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to
0: Paul.